Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The State of the Union, special coverage on Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. We are counting down to the State of the Union, and yes, President Biden will deliver one too. My State of the Union will come up uh, in a little over 10 minutes from now, so don't go anywhere. Uh, For those of you who follow along, uh, I've been doing this every year for over 20 years now. Uh, and I sit down and I, I write a State of the Union. And it's not about what could say or should say or what political party's in power. It's just my opinion about the State of the Union and what we ought to be focused on as a country. And so that's coming up here at uh, about 2.45. So be uh, ready to roll with that. Uh, of course, a lot of conversations going on today about what President Biden will say today and how that will play. Uh, one of the things that drives me crazy in the State of the Union is all of the applause lines. And how many standing ovations? And, you know, there there are actually people who study this now. Uh, How many are there going to be? And we've seen it. uh, I think the final uh, address from President uh, Trump had like 53 standing ovations. And uh, I think the Republicans will probably give one standing ovation today. uh, And that will be when the president begins his remarks and says, Mr. Speaker. And, of course, that will be referring to the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. And I'm guessing that the Republicans will stand and applaud that. And that may be it in terms of standing ovations. I hope there's a few others there. But the the whole idea of these standing ovations uh, is just a little crazy to me. If you look at it kind of historically, uh, Eisenhower, I think, got 57 standing ovations uh, in his final State of the Union. Uh, John F. Kennedy, only 37. Bill Clinton, 120. Of course, he gave some real stem winders that were so long they had to have at least 120 interruptions uh, for that. Uh, Really odd plot twist. Uh, Jimmy Carter in 1978 uh, was not noted for the number of standing ovations, but for the number of members of Congress who were actually sleeping or yawning during the course of the speech. And and sadly, we sort of uh, have this narcissistic approach to these things, this need for approval. And so now we have actual research going on about clapping. And and I do want to be clear, I'm not anti-clapping. I think clapping is a good thing. It's a good reaction to something inspiring. Uh, but I reserve most of those uh, for sporting events. Uh, and I think that we also have to be careful of the uh, slow clap, which uh, my children give when I say something that's a really bad dad joke. Uh, that's where those come in. Uh, but really interesting. So think of this historically. Uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt delivered countless speeches And he was rarely, rarely interrupted by applause. Uh, Not even a single clap when he delivered the famous line, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. 
at Gettysburg, I guarantee you there were far more bowed heads than there was clapping hands as really the ultimate uh, speech delivered by President Lincoln. And I'm pretty sure that no one started the wave at the Sermon on the Mount, just if we're comparing speeches out there. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, And so to me, there's this interesting thing. I I think a speech that's interrupted uh, is distracting and can be confusing because to me, there's something about an uninterrupted speech that is just powerful. I think it's where you actually get to the aha moments uh, where you can actually be inspired. And a lot of this change in delivering this kind of speech uh, really was in uh, 1958. Um, and uh, interesting that uh, Adelaide Stevenson, who was running uh, for president, he his speeches just didn't work with applause lines because it was built. It was really complex. It was very rich. You really had to listen and pay attention. I know that's really radical stuff uh, in our rapid, rapid fire Internet world. Uh, but there's so many things that I think we can do to change what the State of the Union really is and what it can be. I think it's important for everyone to listen. I don't care if you love the president. I don't care if you don't like the president. You should listen to the State of the Union because it is the state of our union. And I think it's important for all of us to tune in. And yes, there will be partisan plugs in there to be sure. And hopefully we can get past those. Uh, I'm hopeful that President Biden will get to some unifying messages around things that we can do together. Uh, There's so much that everybody agrees on. And I wish we would spend more time doing that than trying to pre-position a political campaign or a run for the next office or the next election cycle and just talk some sense into the American people. Uh, I think that's an important thing for us. Uh, I think applause often end up getting in the way. And we certainly don't need any of the shenanigans we've seen uh, over the years in terms of what people wear to the State of the Union, who they sit with. Uh, even the dramatics uh, on the dais, uh, you had Nancy Pelosi as then speaker tearing up the State of the Union address uh, when President Trump delivered that. And there's all kinds of things like that, that have played out over time. And we can just do better. And I think it's time to do better. And so one of the things that I'm going to hit in my State of the Union address coming up here in about five minutes is the genesis of all of this. I think we should restore it to what it was meant to be by the founders. And it's Article 2, Section 3, Clause 1 of the Constitution that says the president shall from time to time give to the Congress information of the State of the Union. I think that's important for the president to do that from time to time. We should note that for a very long time, these were done in writing. 
Imagine that, forcing Congress to actually read the State of the Union, uh, not sit and listen to it and decide whether or not to stand and clap. But here's the part that I think is most important. Again, this is Article 2, Section 3, Clause 1. So after it says that the president shall from time to time give to the Congress information of the State of the Union, then it says, and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. I love those two words, necessary and expedient. Uh, To me, that is a much more thoughtful, much more thoughtful presentation to Congress than what we have been getting uh, over the last couple of decades, really. Uh, We've been getting these long laundry lists, and uh, we've talked about it today. President Biden has a a high hurdle (laughs) with some of these lists. Uh, Everyone in his base, everyone in certain... Uh, Interest groups all want to be mentioned in the State of the Union, how important they are, how great they are, uh, how much money they need (laughs) because they want to keep going. Uh, And all of that, again, is a a great distraction to what is necessary and expedient as the president sees it. And I think it's a great opportunity for the president to just talk to the country and talk about the state of our union, the state of our union, and what we each need to do as citizens— as neighbors and friends, as communities, uh, that's what I want to hear. And that's where I'm going to take you here in just a couple of minutes as we get uh, ready for my State of the Union address. Uh, And again, this is not anything that I think President Biden will deliver or could deliver or should deliver. It's It's just what I think the State of the Union is and what I've been thinking about that is necessary and expedient for the success of the country. And so we'll watch all of this play out. Of course, you can stay tuned to KSL News Radio throughout the rest of the day and into the evening tonight. Uh, we'll do some lead-up coverage. Jeff Kaplan, of course, will have you all afternoon getting you ready for that as you make your way home. KSL News Radio will cover the president's speech, which begins at 7 p.m. local time. And then, of course, we'll have analysis and review uh, throughout the night and into tomorrow morning. And so stick around for all of that. Uh, KSL News Radio is your place Uh, for all things State of the Union. So be ready for that, and uh, we'll be ready to roll as well. Uh, I am hopeful that the president can have some uniting moments tonight. Uh, I hope we can get past the partisan part of all of this and uh, his positioning for uh, a 2024 re-election campaign. And I hope people can be on respectful behavior uh, and actually be ready to do the work of the American people. That's why we have this State of the Union address. All right, we're going to go ahead and we're going to step aside for one last commercial break. And when we come back, this is it. It will be my official 2023 State of the Union address. Stick around. We'll be right back. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.